Hey, KFC Radio listeners, you can find every episode of KFC Radio on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Listen up, we've got some tea, and you all are going to be obsessed. We spoke with the Abercrombie team, and they told us that they were going to launch a wedding shop. Well, we lost it, because as you know, we are both getting ready to get Abercrombie and Hitched. The whole vibe of Abercrombie these days is clothes you'd wear for a perfect long weekend, and all their customers were like, hey, we spend long weekends traveling for weddings these days, and then Abercrombie was like, we love that. Let us just give you everything you could ever possibly want and love to wear for all things wedding. So they did. It has everything. Tons of dresses, jumpsuits, pants, swimsuits, pajamas, pantsuits, and all perfectly curated for different events, bachelorettes, brunches, showers, ceremonies as a guest and ceremonies as a bride, reception, and even honeymoon. It is incredible. Check out the Abercrombie Wedding Shop on Abercrombie.com. Go shop it now. This is all to come back to people asking me, how, how did it like happen? I, you know, people said like, did you just like at midnight, does, does the number in your bank account just change or do you get an alert or whatever? When the money came in, I didn't know my username to log in to the account. It's another edition of KFC Radio on the Barstool Sports Network. Today, flying solo. Uh, Feidelberg's out, and this was something I was planning on doing anyway, so I figured perfect timing with John being out. Um, I I figured it was a good time to do a solo episode anyway and kind of uh, catch people up on everything that's gone on because obviously major life changes. So if you are uh, uh, an OG fan, I'm sure... You'll probably be interested in some of this inside Barstool stuff. Um, if you're a new fan, maybe not so much, or maybe you'll get caught up to speed. We also have Whitney Cummings on the show uh, on the back half. One of the wildest interviews I think I've ever done. To say that Whitney came in hot is a gross understatement. I mean, she was ripping. She threw a drink in my face. We were arguing. We were fighting. Yeah, it was we we talked like sex drugs and rock and roll. It was it was wild. So, uh we love Whitney. She's got a million projects coming out. So, that's the second half of the show. First half of the show, um I figured I the pen stuff all happened uh a couple weeks ago, and a lot of people were asking me questions about everything then, and I kind of waited for the dust to settle a little bit before I I did anything. Originally, I was going to write a blog because that's kind of the way I made my name and and still to this day what I think that I'm best at. However, I decided it was probably best to not be writing, to not be speaking about such topics in writing because I've already gotten a call from my lawyer. Um, He calls me on Saturday morning or Sunday morning, whatever, over the weekend at some point because I have not heard anything on any front about my money and vec and equity and anything vesting, and I was just good. I was just gonna leave it as it is. Let sleeping dogs lie. And I get a call on like Sunday morning, Saturday morning, and I pick up the phone and I was like, I've been waiting for this call, 
And my lawyer immediately launches into basically like a stand-up routine, like several minutes before he gets to the punchline, which was basically, um, you know, basically saying, in another lifetime, next time you do this, uh, maybe don't go on social media and start talking about all the money you just received if you have uh, a if you are a divorced person. <laughs> and I said, touche, sir, touche. Um, but at the same time, this is that, that, this is why that money was even, uh, possible for me because we've always just kind of been an open book here and talked about the crazy shit that, uh, that goes on in life. It was, it's weird because it started out as a show that is, um, it worked because we were always honest and open books about what we were going through and it was all very, very relatable because it was just regular guys going through life and that every guy and girl who goes through it as well can relate to what we're saying. And now we're getting to a point where it's not so much more relatable anymore. Um, I, I'm obviously very lucky and blessed, but I'm hoping that at least there's uh, like a level of like intrigue and for the people who were along for the ride from day one, I, I almost hope you feel like a level of um, accomplishment in your own right of like, you know, when you're a fan of something from the beginning and you see it all the way through and you see it work out, um, I, I almost wish I could, like, you know, pay a debt of gratitude to everybody who was who was that diehard because that's how it's all possible. So my point to him was, like, I can't not talk about this stuff. And I probably shouldn't even be talking about this phone call either. But, again, I can't not talk about it because it's interesting and it's funny. And if there's anybody else who's going through – uh, a divorce or money or, you know, equity and all that shit. You know, these are the things that go on. So, yeah, me um, posting a video about big red boots was the uh, – <laughs> that was the one. That's, that's what did it. You know, people keep asking me, are things going to be different now that this money cleared? And the obvious answer is no, okay? It's just money. Be cool about it, you know? I'm the same old me. Nothing's gonna change. It's just that I got a little more money in my bank account, so everybody be cool about it, all right? Which, by the way, for the legal record, I didn't even buy them. First, first of all, for the legal record, those shoes are $300. They go on the secondary market oh. for like $2,000. They're not like you know, a million dollar purchase. Uh, and I didn't even <laughs> buy them. They were just loaned to me by the, the by the designer. So um, that was very funny that you got a loaner pair of those boots. So funny. He was like, uh, he goes, he goes like, we got a, a like a, a beater pair like laying around the office. I can send them to you, but you got to have them back by the end of uh, end of business today. It's like, let's do it. So yeah, my, my first big uh, thing was to borrow somebody's rubber boots. <laughs> and that's what got my my legal counsel involved. Um, so somehow, some way, I'm still going through that process. I have no idea why it's not just like, here's what people are entitled to, and here's the money, and here's what you get, and that's fucking how it goes. Um, we'll see where that ends up. But um, it was like, uh, I did want to like just give it a minute before I said anything, because it was... Like, uh, you know, emotions are running high and I didn't want to say anything directly in, in the moment that maybe I didn't 
you know, that I wanted to take back or whatever. So I feel like I let the dust settle enough to, to like report back that I, nothing has changed. Like it's so, I, I guess I haven't really done anything. I'm looking for a house and there's a chance that I, that I've already found one and I'll do that. But I have not done a single thing different. That's and maybe that's just like, I don't know. Maybe I, 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 the other day I was sitting at home, I was fucking playing Spider-Man with Keegan on PlayStation. And I was like, maybe I should just go do something stupid. Maybe we should just like go spend a bunch of money and do something reckless or, or, you know, on a whim, Burt Kreischer style, go somewhere or buy something like, you know, crazy out of pocket. I, I guess I'm just not a good i'm not good at having money i think i'm a bad wealthy person i don't think i know how to do it yet now and 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 i i don't want to uh it's a weird thing to talk about because people get weird about money um but i've seen so many people the the range of what people think that i got or what i'm doing or how this all shakes out is so funny the amount of financial experts and legal experts who 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 are like some people think I'm I'm not getting any money, some people think I'm getting way more money than I am. It is just always funny to watch people speculate. I got I, I owned a couple percent of the, a few percent of the company and the the total number is public record. You can go do the math and figure out like the ballpark of, of what I'll end up getting. And they did a like a forty five percent, fifty five percent split where I get cash forty five percent of it cash now and then 55% of it is in Penn stock that vests again over the next couple of years. So I thought that this this day I had circle on the calendar for a long time to get what I thought was going to be everything. And um, it's it's I still have two more years of like vesting of them having control over my shares, um, which is not a long time. But I also was hoping to kind of have everything and then I have, you know, all my leverage and all my money and everything in a row and I could make a decision on like how and what and where I want to, you know, take my future. But I, you know, so I still got to be here for a couple more years regardless. Um, I want to be here, but there's definitely still um, shares vesting over the next couple of years. But it was, you know, enough money that it's a weird, um, it's just a weird fucking thing. It is a weird thing to be, to just like people, like a lot of people ask, like, how does it happen? Do you just like have the money in your account? And so I was in classic KFC fashion. I did everything at like the eleventh hour. Like I don't know. I just thought I already have a fucking bank account, checking account, savings account. Like I don't know. The money's just gonna go there. And I get in. T- uh, I get in contact with. Uh, some people at JP Morgan and they're like, no, you idiot. You need like a private banking account. And I was like, oh, all right. I don't know these things. I don't fucking know how this works. Yo, I, I assumed it was on like your chase card. That's what I'm saying, like, right? Yeah. So uh, I didn't think it was that crazy. I guess they, I, they don't teach this in school. Like every fucking person's going to go through it. Right, right. And obviously, you know, it's not. And I'm very lucky to, but I. I'm, I'm speaking to this guy and he's like, we got to get this. It was the week of. It was like. Uh, you know, I think it was a Friday that it all vested. And like, we're talking about like on Tuesday, he's like, we're going to have to fast track this through so that the account will be open. 
And he's like, I don't know if we're going to get it done in time. Not like there was a, a risk of like no, the money not being there, but there was definitely a chance of like, you can't get your money yet, which is very funny. I've been waiting and waiting and waiting, <laughs> and then I fuck it up and I can't get it in time. So You came in like a month ago talking about some form and you were worried about a form. Uh, I really, that I still don't even know. I though. genuinely was like, oh no, because there was a clip we put out when COVID was just starting to break where you put it together in your head that that was going to stop you from getting the money. And like in real time, we're like, I'm going to jinx this whole thing. This whole thing's going to take the planet. Until like now, I've been like worried. Like Something was going to go wrong. Part of me is a piece of shit. It was like numbers would be really Oh, my God. Imagine like podcaster like blows (laughs) fortune on clerical error. We're not out of the woods yet. <laughs> oh, no. No. Uh, I think we're good, but... Um, yeah. That was always, like, <laughs> I never wanted to bring it up. I was always just like... Well, there's it, just... Just, so, like, hold the breath. It, it, you know what it was? There, there, I am such a mush, and I am... From day one with Barstool, I was very, like, don't touch the money. Don't get ahead of yourself. In some ways, I wish I was more like Dave. Like, Dave was, like... I'm not. I'm not gonna lose. I'm gonna. Like he knew it. He, he, I read a blog of like the State of the Union from him in like 2006. I want to say, where he was like, I don't know how, and I don't know like who, what, when, where, why, just yet. But I know that gambling is gonna be legalized, and I know I'm like that's who I am, and I'm the best at it, and I'm gonna get rich off this. I was like, I am super pumped. To not have to work a desk job. And that has always been day that that has always been like the main thing that I got out of Barstool. Like I mean, I've told the story a billion times, but if you're somehow a new listener, you don't know it. I was an accountant. I worked a shitty job that I hated and I was terrible at. Barstool fell into my lap. I started to audition for it. I worked both jobs for like two years on top of the first couple years. So I was like an accountant for like four years out of school. And then I got lucky and could jump over to Barstool. That to me was like I got enough taste. Like four years out of school of shitty cube life. I was like this is terrible and I can't do this. And like what am I going to do because this is just how my life's going to be. So when I found a little exit strategy, I was like – cool we're set i can do this for life you know whatever the money is the money is and and then as we started to grow you know the the thought of having more money uh got you know more and more real but i remember thinking like i hope that one day we're worth tens of millions of dollars and then dave was like we could maybe make this a hundred million dollar company and i was like oh oh my god a hundred million and then, so the day that he took me for coffee in Miami, because um, I, I I I found out about everything one day prior to the public. Like I was not on the inside of this at all. I'll talk about that in a second. So he, we were in Miami for the Super Bowl, and I, it was also sadly right after Kobe died, and Ron Artest posted a picture of himself laying on his back with his phone kind of at his stomach angled up at his face and he had like a double chin and said something like rest in peace Kobe and it was a very strange way to like pay tribute to Kobe and it was kind of getting made fun of on the internet and I it it looked exactly like one of those um, 
what you see versus what what she sees. You know, the girl, the picture of the girl where it looks like she's sucking a guy's dick, and what the guy sees. And so I I tweeted that like that meme, and you know people didn't like it. It was it was in poor taste right after Kobe's death. I was making I was making fun of Kobe. I was making fun of Ron Artest, but it was this whole thing. And Dave, like the night before, had said to me like, you know, what was up with that tweet? Like, you didn't really need to send that. You know, what were you, what were you, what was the angle there? And I was like, I don't know, like, I was making fun of Ron Artest. That's the angle. And he never really, like, um, got in the weeds with me as far as, like, what I can and can't tweet. There's been things over the years where he was like, boy, you really, you know, put it on a tee for our haters to come after us with this, that, with this tweet and that tweet. But otherwise, he never really, we never got down to, like, a granular level like that. But he, um, he was kind of like, meh. Didn't love that one, and I was like, eh, I don't know. What are you gonna do? Too late now. Um, but the next day, he's like, "Can you meet me for coffee?" And I was like, "I think I might have deleted it." If you're trying to find it, that might gotcha. be might be hard to find. Um, but I was like, "Dude, is like, I, what am I? What am I in trouble with a teacher? What's going on here? Like, I'm gonna meet for coffee, and you're gonna like chastise me or something?" So I went into that meeting being like kind of ready to like defend myself and like go to battle with dave for like the billionth time uh and instead he was like so we sold the company so it went like like the pendulum swung to the other direction and then when he told me the number and he told me originally it was 450 and i almost fell off my chair and then we learned over the like over the course of the deal that it could go all the way up to 650 so when i thought it was 450 I thought it was insane when I thought there was a potential to be a hundred I I thought that was crazy when Chernin initially like valued us at like 80 million I was like this is so fucking crazy I cannot even believe it and I was hoping to get just like I don't know a down payment on a house one day out of my equity or some shit like that so this is all to say that um I never ever ever like and I think people say a lot of times, like, never in my wildest dreams that I think that something like this could happen. But I think a lot of people who get there maybe don't really say that. Or if they do, they're kind of bullshitting. Because I think a lot of people who set out to do it are guys like Dave. Like, I think Dave was like, I want to be rich and famous, and I'm going to do it. Whereas I was like, I'm just fucking going through life here, and I kind of caught a, a, a good break. So I never, like, you know, had plans for it, never. And then... When the deal went down and I had to wait, then I really was like, something's going to happen. Like, you know, even Kirk Minahan used to joke. He was like, I, something bad's going to happen to Kevin. He's never, he's not going to, you know, he's going to die before that money comes in or something's going to go down with the company. And, and believe me, there was a lot of times along the way where like, you know, when, when the, whatever that fucking Twitter account was that dug up our old rundowns where we got in trouble for that, and then there was the uh, the uh, whole incident with Dave and and Willie and Brandon Newman, and you know a lot of personal shit goes on. And I was like, you know, there, there was a million things along the way that I thought was like this could take down Barstool or like really hurt its popularity. Um, I thought obviously everything that went down with me, I thought was, you know, a potential career ruiner, everything that's gone on with, with other people and other events at the company could have easily, uh, like knocked us off track. So I was very much like, 
I'm not gonna. I people are like you know you can take out a loan against your your equity and and have money now and a that's not really true for what my situation was and b I didn't want to like go into debt like as my very first thing so I was just like I'm gonna sit here and wait and uh, particularly after um, after the whole public scandal with my marriage I like put my head down and I was like I'm gonna wait five years i like that was my plan all along i was like i've got to get my career back on track i got to get you know things with my kids back on track i've got to and then i don't want to make any long-term moves because my life is drastically going to change come 2023 it's a very very weird thing to have like a uh, end date on your on your calendar in a good way but knowing that your life will be like radically different. Cause I was like, okay, I'm selling my house that I was living in while I was married. And I was like, where am I going to go now? I know in, in the coming years, I'm going to have enough money to eventually get a really nice place, but that is absolutely not the case right now. I've got a shit ton of legal bills. I'm not making enough money. I've got to pay for the kids, my own life. I was like, there's no way I can do it, you know, now. So I went and got like a shitty old apartment and I was like, I'm just going to stay here and grind it out and bust my ass at work uh, until like the day comes. And uh, as much as I hate to admit it, like the the amount of work and the opportunities and the things that I uh, were able to start and grow once I uh, was single is, I mean, it's exponentially more than I would have ever been able to do if I was still married and I, uh, I don't, I don't know if that is across the board for every person or every marriage. In my case, it was very much like a trade off between relationship and work. And when one was thriving, the other one was suffering. And so I was able to start a Mets podcast and start one minute man and, uh, you know, start doing KFC radio more often and more seriously, and we grew the whole team. I mean, back then it was like, you know, me, my brother, John, kind of just like throwing podcasts together. And then over those five years, we like formalized the whole thing. We have the team, we have a whole process. And a lot of that was because like I was able to throw myself into work and, and uh, have that like that mentality. So then, you know, I, I live in this like shitty apartment for a few years, right on the eve of like with a year left. I was like, all right, I'm almost there. I'll be able to get a house or whatever. I've got to move because my building uh, sold and I lost my apartment. So I was even I downgraded even further where I went back to the Bronx where my family owns a couple two family apartments. So here I am at like 37, essentially moving back in with my parents. They're giving me one of their apartments that like by the grace of God, one of the tenants happened to move out. So all of a sudden, I'm like, I can go live there for six months. Listen up. We've got some tea and you all are going to be obsessed. We spoke with the Abercrombie team and they told us that they were going to launch a wedding shop. Well, we lost it because as you know, we are both getting ready to get Abercrombie and Hitched. The whole vibe of Abercrombie these days is clothes you'd wear for a perfect long weekend and all their customers were like, hey, we spend long weekends traveling for weddings these days and then Abercrombie was like, we love that. Let us just give you everything you could ever possibly want and love to wear for all things wedding. So they did. It has 
everything. Tons of dresses, jumpsuits, pants, swimsuits, pajamas, pantsuits, and all perfectly curated for different events, bachelorettes, brunches, showers, ceremonies as a guest, and ceremonies as a bride, reception, and even honeymoon. It is incredible. Check out the Abercrombie Wedding Shop on Abercrombie.com. Go shop it now. And then everything will come in. But like, so we're talking like limping to the finish line, living in City Island in the Bronx. I finally posted a video of it the other day. Did you guys see the gun range I video? I did see that. That's that, unbelievable. Like, that was my childhood. Like, it's called Rodman's Neck. It's at the very last tippy, tippy <laughs> tip of the Bronx. It's where all the NYPD goes to. I think like there's a gun range to learn how to use it. I think if they... Uh, if they like have any like illegal ammunition that they need to like fire off and all that shit. So my whole life, all I ever heard was just like, <laughs> and it was just like, I was always like, what's that sound? And the parents were like, it's the guns. <laughs> and I was just like, what the fuck does that mean? And they were like, it's the police with the guns. It was that. And because we're like right in between LaGuardia, we're right by LaGuardia and, uh, and JFK, which is planes overhead all the time and fucking guns shooting all the time. And <laughs> as much as I was an open book, even I was like, I'm not really going to tell everybody that I live next to the fucking NYPD <laughs> gun range because that was for sure the poorest thing about me. Uh, so, like, down to the very last second, we were uh, – I was roughing it. I mean, I don't want to say roughing it, but it's like I, I had a good salary. Obviously, KFC Radio is doing very well. Barcelona is doing very well. It's not roughing it, but it was like, you know, anybody who's divorced knows you got to – you're basically funding two different lives and paying bills, and, you know, that shit adds up. So it certainly was not – I mean, everybody knows the Hyundai meltdown that was if you're a, <laughs> if you're a kfc radio fan that meltdown was one of that was one for the record books that was a when people were like you're fucking rich why are you driving a shitty car that was my infamous like i don't have any money and then and then i get the fucking the 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 you're a millionaire crowd coming out <laughs> i don't have any money <laughs> i have none everybody listening probably has more money than me i give all of it to the kids i have no money I am so fucking broke. Do you think I would drive a Hyundai if I was a millionaire? I am poor. I know you think I do. I don't. It's, uh, it's one of the funniest rants ever. And like, when in reality, you guys are just howling, laughing. It was you had posted a whole entire tweet thread prior to that, just like chronicling what happened, and you just texted me, "Get the fucking cameras on," yeah, yeah. and I just Get sat the mics here ready. Had everything rolling for like 20, 30 minutes until he got in. Yeah. And was just like, John was just sitting there. We just sat in silence. And he just came in and went. And it's still that one, was, of, that was one the, of the best. That was the like all of it coming out. Because there, uh, when, when the deal went down, everybody got rich but me. And I don't even like to think about that or talk about that. Uh, I know all of the, the deal was public records. And everyone was like... I know a lot of my friends who are either lawyers or in finance or diehard fans were reading basically all the information and were always like a lot of people were reaching out being like, do you like know what's going on here? And I was like, yep, I do. And I don't want to talk about it because it was basically when, when the, when Barstool, when Chernin came and bought Barstool or infused money or invested, however you want to call it, I was like a integral part of that that time we were interviewing ceos i was meeting 
Chernin and Mike Kearns and Jesse Jacobs and all these people from from their company. I was like very much a part of it. Second time around with Penn, nothing. Like it was uh, I met I met Jay Snowden like once. I think I went to dinner with them once and then never really heard anything again and that was, you know, the whole big deal was gambling. So the key employees, like literally listed as key employees, like a legal terminology, capitalized letters, was Dan, Dave, and Erica. And so that was like basically me getting cut out of that. And I, I mean, that's just how it is. That's that's it's it's not no more, no less. Like they they told me it was, uh, you know, a gambling venture, and I'm not a gambler. So, you know, they didn't view me as like a necessary piece of the puzzle. Now, my counter to that is like if a um, – I can't even think of an example. But if there was like a comedy conglomerate, if like a Netflix or a Comedy Central or I don't know, somebody who was in comedy and entertainment, which is our field, if they were the ones who came along and were like, we want to buy you, you can bet your bottom dollar those other guys would have been a part of that. Because I don't gamble, I was like on the outside looking in on that deal. I think is a little weird because I think it's like a strange thing that you have to. But those, you know, Penn viewed those guys as the essential people and not me. And I was just like, all right, whatever. It is what it is. So that was a very big part of me just being like very. I had to be like very zen about it because, you know, it was like we were the three of us were like the three guys doing it and then two got instantly paid and one was on the outside looking in and that happened to be me. Now I can't be too sour grapes about it because I know that my payday was coming, but like even when we did the rundown the day after Dave, Dave was like, so yeah, like now you're, you got money too. So no more bitching and complaining. I was like, well, I think there was a valid reason to maybe bitch and complain when, uh, you know, there was, I think I got like a little, I got, I got, a few shares of pen in the very beginning. That was a nice chunk of money, but not, you know, anything that we're talking about now. So this is all a very long winded way to say that I kept everything mentally and emotionally, like at arm's length down to like the very last second of like, I didn't have any tax people ready. I didn't have any banking people ready, financial advisors. Cause I was just like, I don't want to fuck it up. I, it's pretty silly to be superstitious about something like this where it's like, Hey, asshole be an adult and like get your ducks in a row because this is a big deal but i i really you know probably psychologically that was a big part of it where i was like i don't want to uh i don't want to you know jinx it so i so this is all to come back to people asking me how how did it like happen i you know people said like did you just like at midnight does does the number in your bank account just change or do you get an alert or whatever when the money came in I didn't know my username to log in to the account. <laughs> so uh, I I tried using my current Chase I was login. Say, I got like three I could guess for you. That's what I mean. Like <laughs> yeah. I, I have my I have my my steady rotation of usernames and passwords, but it that was not for this new like JP Morgan private banking or whatever. So I I had to just be like What's my user? Like I, I texted the guy, and he wrote back, the funds are in, and he wrote the number. And I was like – so that's how I found out. Was a text message from a guy who set up my username and password <laughs> so he could see it, and he confirmed to me that, yes, the money is, in fact, in there because I didn't even have my own fucking login yet. So um, – but 
once that happens, like it's it's just a weird, it's a very strange thing that uh, you know, it's a, it's a very modern thing to go through where like I just have a an app that has a different number now. You know, there's not like stacks of cash. It's not like uh, George George McDuck, uh, McScrooge. What's his name? George Scrooge, Scrooge McDuck. McDuck diving in. You know, gold coins. It's just a number on a uh, on an app with a couple commas. Which is I think the name of the game in life is just try to get as many commas as you can, right? So, um, but because I didn't like ever, you know, uh, jinx it, didn't want to jinx it. I never like started to think like, all right, I'm going to buy this. I'm going to buy that. My first move is going to be here. And then I'm going to do this, that, and the other thing I, I like refused to let myself do that. I didn't want to get ahead of myself. So now here I am like a couple weeks afterwards. And that's not a lot of time. I understand. But, um, the only thing I've been doing so far is looking for a house but everything else is just kind of, you know, business as usual, which is very strange. So like, like the very first day was like the dog threw up in my fucking car after he kind of busted his leg, and uh, the kids were sick, and one of them had to come home early from school, and you know I'm getting chewed out from you know one of the women in my family while the ex is saying this and work is saying that, and it was just like ah uh, nothing's fucking different, guys. <laughs> so um. I, I I also have no idea what like price range I'm playing in for anything. Like I, you you basically know you know what your salary is and what you can afford, and then when that all changes, it's like, can I spend this much? Can I spend that much? I asked Dave. I was like, I don't know how much money to spend on a house. Now, Dave was Dave, Dave's Dave, right? <laughs> I was Dave, gonna say I, we're different. I can't imagine. He gave you like a solid. I feel like he would have just like joked back. No, no, no. He, you know, he, 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 he gave me an answer, but he, he gave an answer. Like Dave, Dave was buying like his Nantucket house, second homes, even before churning. Yeah, like that was just when Barstool was making good revenue, and he was like, "I'm, you know, I'm ready to to make a big investment. I am, you know, I needed to wait to have like enough cash to really be safe. I was like." You know what range are we talking? And he's throwing out numbers that I'm like, I could have a billion dollars, and I don't know <laughs> if I would spend this much on a house. Um, and so that is going to be the very first thing I do, and that will be extremely weird. Um, but I, you know, it's a very uh, what I learned through this whole experience is the, you know, because there's there's a there's the never ending debate of like. Can money buy happiness and more money, more problems and all that kind of shit. And when people hear that, it's very aggravating when you don't have money. You're like, fuck you. Money could absolutely buy me happiness. What are you talking about? And I, and as I started to get more money, like I can absolutely definitively say when I was making less money, when I was in like my mid twenties, I was like happier. Life was easier. I had more disposable income. Uh, and everything was just easier and more fun than when I was making more money in my 30s. Now, that's also because of personal choices. I decided to get married. I decided to have kids. I ended up with a divorce. I decided to buy a house. I did all these things that put stress on your bank account. So if I just stayed a single guy and continued to make that money, 
most definitely I would have been like balling out. But that's just not how life goes, right? You get more money, you get more expenses, you get more responsibility at, at work. So things are going well, but you also have, you know, more on your plate. And I have found that as uh, even do in doing well, bills and expenses seem to grow at a faster rate than the money. So even when you start doing well, you know, again, if you make different life choices, you're you're fine. But, you know, life happens and shit happens and all of a sudden you find yourself like, well, my salary's bigger, but also all of these things I got to pay for are a lot bigger. And if I went back to a fraction of the money, but a fraction of, of the responsibility, my life, dude, my life when I had a Deloitte salary and I was just making 25K under the table from Barstool, I, I thought I was Rockefeller. I was probably making... It was. I think I'd, I was making sixty five at Deloitte and twenty five at Barstool, and maybe a bonus, so like upwards of like a hundred grand as like were a twenty you, something. We just living with a bunch of guys in an apartment. I had four dudes in, a, yeah. in an apartment. Uh, that was like the best time of my life. I've always said, for me, people say the four year college is the best four years of your life. Twenty two to twenty six was my absolute like favorite because it was post college. We still. We also went to a college where everybody stayed in the area. So it wasn't like all your college friends, you lose them all. We basically just continued yeah. college, but with money and with our own apartments and with no rules and work and <laughs> no schoolwork and shit. So 22 to 26 was unbelievable. And then you sprinkle in around 26 was when Barstool started. So all of a sudden we get some perks from that. Like that becomes, you know, 26 to 28 was like a whole other party. So, um, for me, like, you know, the money has not been the main driver of, like, the happiness and the fun. Um, but what I did learn, and I hate that it's this way, but there just is something about the way the world works now where two things. Number one, knowing that, like, they're just – I'm lucky enough that there is enough money that within reason uh, we can do, you know, whatever we need to do. Like, my – my parents and my sister are both like looking for a house now along with me and like I can help them with that. New babies being born, school in the future, all that, like just all of that. It's like I'm, I'm going to spend my money in such a way that like I can make sure I handle all of that for everybody. If I was like a, you know, it's not, it's not that I'm making like billions of dollars. It's just that I'm not spending it in such a way that it's going to be gone very quickly. So it's like I think I'll be set for you know, all of that major, a wedding in the future for Shay, her first house, Keegan's first, you know, what all this shit. Hopefully I can help them start businesses, all that. Like if you, you know, play the money the way I'm hoping to play it, I think that's just all there now, which is a very cool feeling. Um, and and the, the second thing being, there just is some status feeling of like, and I, I hate that it's this way, and I don't, I don't want to sound like a douche about it, but like there is just a feeling of like I think people take me more seriously. I think I've gotten some more phone calls and some more opportunities. I think that people look at me a different way, and it's like like, like I said, literally nothing has changed as as of right now. I'm still living in the shitty apartment with the guns, uh, <laughs> but you know, certain people are treating me in a different way because my name was in the news and there's some, some talk about money. And so like there definitely is just going to be, I, I, and I hope it's this way because, it, well, I say, I hope it's this way because I want to benefit from, from it. I want people to, you know, if I 
the next steps I want to take with Barstool and with business, I think if I did it as, you know, just a Barstool employee versus, oh, you're one of the guys who like cashed out, I think that people will treat me very differently. What I don't, what, the reason I don't want it to be this way is like, it's just a, it's just a uh, sad, like, statement on the world today that it's just like, yeah. the you know, again, I'm the same dude, but you're treating me differently. Why? Because, because not even, just because I told you my bank account is bigger. Not like I'm giving it to you. Not like I'm doing anything. It's just like you heard through the news that my bank <laughs> account is bigger and now you're treating me different. Uh, that's, you know, a, a sad state of affairs for the world. But hey, that's, that is the world. And so there is just something of like, you know, you feel like you're, you belong at the table or you can swim in the deep end or, you know what? I guess it's a lot like I used to say about, um, about being able to fight. Like I was very, I, I always regretted my life not being able to fight, uh, not taking any like martial arts or jujitsu or training MMA. It seems like so many kids now, like growing up, everybody is has been exposed to like boxing and MMA, not boxing, but MMA and jujitsu and Brazilian jujitsu, all that shit. Um, so it's so popular that like more people are involved in it, so more people can handle themselves and know how to fight. And I always wish that I could, not because I would run around like picking fights and beating people up, but knowing that if I was in a room where shit went down and and broke down to like the absolute most primal level of like people fighting, I could handle myself. I think that I would walk in to every room with a lot more confidence. I would walk into every every argument I ever had, any debate I was involved in, any negotiation, every, you know, bar, every whatever, I would be like, I'm good. If shit pops off, I know exactly what I'm doing. I think there's a little bit of a feeling of that financially where it's like I – you know, it's not – again, I, I don't want to come off. The only reason I'm doing this is I, I, I do like to be transparent about things and I think there's an intriguing side of it that I think people want to hear about. I'm not doing it to like uh, brag about it or whatever. But I do think that there's a, a certain level of like I – can just do you know i hopefully can make more things happen business-wise and more opportunities and more things and just knowing that that's the case you just kind of carry yourself a little different being like you know uh even even the the thing with bert was very interesting because it was like it was right at the very end where bert was taking us out and bert is on such another level professionally and financially so this still holds true. But Bert was taking us out like the way like your uncle takes out like his nephews, like these little kids who, you know, I'm going to show them a good time. And I was like two weeks away from being able to be like, I could, you know, let me pay for dinner and let me pay for this and I can pay for that. Like this, I don't need like this, you know, charity. Um, so that like, you know, something like that comes along. Like I guess like I'm – I can do those things for other people now. Like those, those kind of feelings are cool, and that makes me feel uh, more confident about like other stuff in life. And hopefully, what this next chapter of Barstool is going to be, I feel like hockey is on. And no matter the city, no matter the team, no matter the game, whether it's face-off or penalty shots, regular season or playoffs, win. Or lose, no matter what happens, no matter where it happens, New Amsterdam Vodka is there. If if Barstool is serious about it, 
and we go about it the right way, I do not see how Barstool fails in the world of comedy. We have done, we have made so many inroads at KFC Radio in the comedy world that almost every comic respects us and likes us and wants to work with us. And now, if we formalize that and we are, and Barstool New York becomes hopefully like a hub for stand up comics and TikTok stars and script writers and, uh, you know, internet video creators and whatever genre of entertainment you're in. Um, it's like we were able to do that first, the first go round. We did it with blogging and a little bit of video. Uh, and we started from fucking zero. Dave started from zero. Now we're starting on like third base with the amount of connections, with the amount of money, the pen backing. Uh, you know, if we apply everything we know about building a network of internet comedy, internet entertainment, and we do it in this world of stand-up comedy and podcasters and micro-podcasters and TikTok creators and all that. It's just like, you know, Barstool, Barstool became a force when we didn't, when social media didn't even exist. Now we have 22 million followers on TikTok. We have 15 million followers on Instagram. I can go to every up-and-coming comic or up-and-coming personality and be like, you want to get involved with us? Here's what you get immediately. Like You get exposure like this. You get distribution like this. We can help you with production. We can help you with creativity. We give you the production space, you know, the literal and figurative support that you need. And in exchange, you know, you do it under the Barstool umbrella. You're a full-time Barstool employee. You're a part-time, you're a freelancer, like what, you know, revenue sharing, whatever version we come up with. Uh, you're an investor, you're, you own equity. You know, I mean, we can, we know people that are at the top of the comedy game all the way down to the new open micers. We know, you know, all the podcasters and, and everything in between. And now we're in a place to like, you know, we've figured out the game and we know how to do it. So let's go do it with the the funniest people on the planet earth. That to me sounds like a, a, I don't want to say easy because it's like, it's still hard work and a lot of breaks have to go your way. And, you know, I've always said a million times before that the, the biggest part of Barstool not only is like the talent and the hard work, but the amount of luck and the breaks that we got are what like got us to where we're at. So we would still need a lot of that shit to fall into place to ever really replicate the success again. But I just don't see, you know, we, we've positioned ourselves so well to go do that. I don't see how it doesn't work out. It, it's going to take a, a commitment to like the comedy world that we haven't done yet. Like we've done it in, in sports in general, but we've done it in hockey and we've done it with golf and, uh, and the like celebrity gossip world and all that shit. If we apply like all that same shit to the world of comedy, I, I think that, you know, will be the biggest and almost like one of the only, there's, there's a couple other like comedy, uh, production houses out there, but I don't think anybody that can compete with our, like resources and our our level um so i'm hoping that that's the next like chapter is we'll keep doing the content that we do um but also like this kind of becoming almost like an executive in a way where we you know are finding the talent and because as, as much as i i hope and i think that people some people like the content that i make i think you know to go back to the very beginning i was always planning on kind of just being like in the business world and being like a regular 
person. So, you know, I got, I studied in finance and did my MBA and all that shit. And not that I know anything really because of that, but I would hope to maybe apply some of the knowledge there and go back into like the business side of things where it's like, all right, here's how to leverage some new talent and here's, you know, how to grow, um, uh, an entire network that I think, you know, Dave did great the first time around. And I think, um, we can do, you know, something similar and add our own twist to it here in New York. And I think that the people who are staying are not going to Chicago are very amped up to do it. I think as much as Dave turned this into a place, he's, he said on, on, on the KFC radio interview that what he did was make the office a scary place to come. <laughs> and that was his goal. And he fucking achieved it. He did just that. And so there was always drama and fights and, and uh, you know, intrigue. And that's what made Barstool salacious and people wanted to be on the inside of the club. I get all that. And that might end up being the, the, the best entertainment we've ever created. Time will tell. But from the inside, I can definitively tell all the fans that the people who work here, the amount of people who have come up to me being like, I, I, I'm going to like not being scared to come to work. <laughs> I, I, I've always wanted this place to be a little more like relaxed and, and, you know, I've said this a million times, but we can collaborate more and we can, you know, share uh, ideas more and, you know, writers rooms and, and helping production. That, that's and the one that drives me crazy. So like, many good, like, like funny crazy. minds that we keep, siloed off I mean, and it's like why do we do that though the one thing that like and this probably wouldn't be in the immediate but the fact that like when we had ben schwartz in and he pointed out to us there hasn't been a true comedy out in 10 years and yeah, now and we see the fatigue with marvel like everyone's yeah, people are got, itching for yeah. that that type of movie yeah. and like to go back to the monty pythons like judd apatow's era d- dominating comedies like we have the right people totally the right like fans and, and even like start like, doing that again I, the amount of times that like like i know that i'm not a, a good and like, we have the comedians that are funny that can totally act totally that that's the thing like like i know that i can't act but i i have certain i think premises and ideas that could either be a good skit or a good uh pilot or a good segment of a comedy or a sitcom or a movie scene then I can't do that, but I can – let me pitch that off. Like, hey, let me hand that off to a, a guy who can do that. Like here's an idea. Run with it because you're a good writer. And you know, you come to me with what I'm good at and we all – you know, it's it's like I'm sure there are people like sitting there being like, yeah, what are you talking about? That's like that's day one stuff. But it's it's not at Barstool. It's, 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 it's not how we do things ever. So – and I, I would probably imagine that there's a lot of places in, in the entertainment world and Hollywood that – you know, people don't collaborate because they want to keep their shine and their money and their star. But like some places, you know, there definitely is a. This is where you like get together and create like awesome shit together. Whether it's you know writing music or fucking scripts or or you know, I part of me I was trying to think about the the amount of people. How many people in the in the in the space are like just podcasters because i i was i was thinking about me and john and what i think i'm most proud about is like when you look at all the other places all the other shows that are like really successful inside barstool and outside there is usually like 
a professional athlete or a stand-up comic or a former XYZ, you know, whatever. And me and John are just like, like, what's our, what's our hook? Like, I don't know. We just started from the beginning and we, everybody else is like, they did something and now they do a podcast. They had another career and now they do a podcast. Whereas like we just, we're just podcasters, you know? And I think like Dan and PFT were that. Uh, Dave is that. He's not really a podcaster, but he just is like an internet personality. But almost, right? Am I, am I overlooking like other other it's, people? I'm, like I'm trying to think. I can't remember. You know, all the shows anybody. we like are stand-up comics. They're professional yeah. comedians who now are like, let me start a podcast. Rogan and those guys are actors. Um, uh, That's what even any of the other All the ones... sports people are like, you know, I'm a former athlete. I yeah. used to play hockey. I used to play whatever. Everything I've ever listened to, it's like by a former actor or writer. Like someone, and they're always podcasting on the side. Right. It's, it's like, like it's like their side gig or their I need to stay relevant gig or I want to stay up to date with the 21st century gig. Whereas like it's just that's this is what we do. It's like, oh, what do you podcast about your 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 former life? No, 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 no. It's just like we just do this, you know, yeah. and I, I think that's an interesting spot to be where it's like we know what people like. And like I, I think that when we are trying to find new talent, there is – we can talk to the comedians who are like, hey, who do you think is the next up-and-comer who's so funny? And they'll give you a bunch of names. But a few of those names are going to be people who are like, no, 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 no. Those are the weird people that the comics like that fans don't like. And we know that because we're normal people, you know? We, we're kind of like that gap between where it's like we have access to the world of comedy and entertainment and sports and all that while still being connected to the regular world where it's like we know what the average – guy or girl is going to want to consume and i think that's a very valuable position to be in because some of these these it's like oh let's just go get this this former athlete and it's like that's not going to work the correct former athlete will work a guy like biz and wit you know you go get any old superstar that doesn't that doesn't play out the right way you know and we know that because we've seen what works and what doesn't and so you know we have an eye and an ear for the that that kind of shit and now with you know the right people behind it and the right money behind it, I, I don't see how we don't find all of the next – You know, there's going to be a next Shane Gillis. You know, There's going to be a new Mark Norman and, and Sam Murrell and those guys who – Chris Stefano we've seen come up through the internet. Like if we just have access to the next three, two, three, four, five of them that come through, this place could be absolutely fucking spectacular. And not to mention the amount of talent that is already just sitting here like – I was watching Roan rap battle this weekend. Unbelievable! It's insane. It is. I've, I've seen. I've I've watched him do it uh, a couple times, like live on pay per view, and I've seen all of his videos on, on YouTube. And like every time I watch it, I'm like, I cannot believe that that dude stands in like a warehouse, surrounded by these people in a crowd, and fucking spits that and stays calm. I can't even do a live podcast without sweating. He's fucking battling people and. And doesn't even, you know, break a sweat. He, like, a guy like that, incredibly talented. Uh, you know, the the writing, the minds of, like, a, a guy like Nick Tarani. Like, even guys like Tommy Smokes and Rudy. Like, people who are, like, they, I don't mean this in a derogatory way, but they were, like, bit characters along the way of, like, the Barstool saga. And it's like, no, 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 no. Those guys are fucking hilarious. The clips like, that I keep seeing from Please End This is... So fucking funny. And I love that they're going a different direction with the show where it's no longer a podcast. They're doing like 
skits and like yes yeah, because podcasting is probably dead yeah. for these kids now like and it's, it's like that, we're the dinosaurs now like there's new shit to be on like that video of Tommy doing the Joker to oh my god like I like one he <laughs> fucked Rudy's face so ridiculous up. like. <laughs> know how I got these scars. My father was a drinker and a fiend. One night he goes off crazier than usual. My mommy gets the kitchen knife to defend herself. He doesn't like that. Not one bit. So he takes the knife, looks at me laughing while he does it. Why so serious? He comes at me with the knife. Why so serious? And he sticks the blade in my mouth. Let's put a smile on that face. And uh, why so serious? Like, Tommy is. But, <laughs> the, dude, I, I, fact... I walked by the hallway here. He had a, a, a sticker of Martin Short's face. <laughs> over his face and he was doing some skit with Rhea and Kelly Keegs and I was like I can't even begin to guess what the point of that was it's it's that weird sense of humor that like there's there's it, already a lot of that in house it feels such like a void that like you need that you need like yes. the way like the way he did like a fucking Nathan for you pretty much with mm-hmm. Mincy like, ah, you need that brain totally like, and, and, and like it's so just valuable. sitting there and we've done so much of like hey go go make it on your own that you know if you do if you give a little bit of help and and uh, to be fair we didn't allow him to think for two years <laughs> well he was alarmingly yeah. stupid back then and we canceled so, his thoughts so <laughs> I, I, I will allow Tommy Smokes to use his brain if he, if he <laughs> sticks around um, and I hope it's something that I have you know control over. I think it's something that they have voice that they want, but it's like, do you really want it, or do you want me to just like make it look like New York is still busy? Because we can do both of those. We can either just you know make the appearance, keep up appearances, or we can go become like the greatest fucking comedy network that the world has ever seen. Because we are in a very unique position to do just that. And I, I personally have always like. I hate promoting our show. I hate posting our own stuff, and I love doing it for other people. I would, you know, I would be the biggest hype man ever for if we were, you know, uh, basically like talent manager, evaluators, whatever. I love putting people onto new comics. The, the, my favorite thing is when people say, "Oh, I didn't, I had never listened to you know Chrissy D before he came on your show or something like that." I'm like, that is the number one thing we're trying to do. So if, if you know they want to do it and go about it the right way, like that is what I really hope the next level is. And um, again, hopefully that opens where I'm at, like you know where I, I got to personally. I think opens up some more doors, even to, even down to things like if you just if 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 management disagrees with me, I want to be like I don't know. I'll give them the fucking money they're looking for because I can guarantee you this guy or girl is going to be next, and I'm not going to miss it. I and I brought people forward uh, over the over the course of the last like ten years that we ended up passing on that ended up being fucking huge and I'm like if I was in more of a position personally to say like okay whatever they say doesn't matter let's do this you know we, I think things would have been differently so hopefully I can I can help that along and uh, and the last thing before we get to Whitney is um, he's not here today so I'm happy to be able to talk about it because he'll probably never even hear this but. Um, Anybody who's been listening knows that John, unfortunately, uh, missed out on so many 
times of so many uh, pieces of equity or or control of IP and just big paydays that he really should have been a part of. And he's always so cool about it and so calm about it. And I think that's part of who he is. But I also think deep down he's probably like, fuck, this sucks. And um, unfortunately, you know, I don't know. I, I, I can't even speak to how things shook out with Barstool where he was not a part of that inner circle. Um, I don't know why, you know, it was just things – my opinion of him differed from others, and that's just how it goes. Um, but unfortunately, like a lot of people are making what a pe- what they think is a normal assumption, like congratulations to both you guys. And he's just been cool about it every time, being like, ah, you know, I'm not really, I'm not really in on that, or like whatever. And um, but I, I'm absolutely making sure that you know he he gets taken care of for everything he's done with KFC radio because he and my brother were the only two other people who started it with me. So those are like ground floor day one guys who, you know, maybe they didn't get the, the nod from Barstool to get equity. But if, if KFC radio was its own little, uh, conglomerate, you know, they have, they have equity in, in this show. So, um, not in a formal way, but in an informal way, I'll for sure be taking care of those guys for what they did. Um, so everybody can at least, you know, uh, share in, in some of the piece of the pie because I think it should be a lot more than that. But, you know, I, I, I would be hypocritical if I've said all these years about how certain, you know, Saturdays for the boys and certain ideas and things that, you know, he didn't get paid for. And now all of a sudden there is a payday and, uh, I got to make sure he's a part of that. So just. You don't have to say anything to John. He probably will never hear this, but for any fans who are deep in our world and, and are curious about it, like I would never uh, not take care of those guys for what they did to make this possible because it's something I never even you know thought in my wildest dreams would happen, and it wouldn't have happened without uh, my brother and like his you know uh, the ideas to start it and the all the groundwork and the technical work and all that shit he did in the beginning. And it would never have happened without the, uh, weird fucking stories and the persona of Feidelberg. Um, so it all came together nicely. It's all a very, uh, cool. Uh, it was, just a, it's a cool story that I think will not really be replicated in any, you know, there's always going to be stories of other people in entertainment and other people who made it and came from nothing. And, you know, have wild stories, but I don't think one that will ever quite replicate just like Barstool. Um, and I think the fans and the listeners were, I mean, KFC radio listeners are some of the like savviest day one, early adopters, whatever you want to call it. They've always been a part of that. And I think, uh, if, you know, there is a, another level of that here at Barstool, New York, I think there'll be a big part of, of what's to come next. So it's all very cool. Uh, obviously I'm, I'm the, lucky one here but like i said if you were a fan in the beginning who it's always fun to like to put people on to like this podcast or this show or this personality and then when they make it it's like an i told you so moment so for all the pre team listeners the early day one people the youtube people the mail time people and daily mail and all that shit um those like it was that word of mouth and those people who stuck with it that you know allowed me to even even get to this level so uh, a very, very, my deepest thank you to anybody who um, helped me get here, and hopefully, what's next is I think a potential to be 
a thousand times bigger. So hopefully everyone is in agreement on how to go about it and we can go do some big things with uh, the biggest comics and the biggest entertainers in the world and on the internet. And KFC Radio can be like the driving force behind everything that goes on here in New York. And it's something that I think I've always wanted to do and I think we can do it now. We just all got to get on the same page and make it happen. So uh, again, thank you to everybody. Keep up with what's next. Um, Barcelona Comedy, Barcelona New York, whatever it may be. I think it's going to be uh, just as big as, as Barstool Sports has has been and i think the potential is there so uh as i say that whitney cummings on the show another comic who's you know a showrunner and a producer and a director and an actor and a stand-up and a you know one of the smartest people in the world and she came through here like a fucking bat out of hell ripped the place apart uh tore us a new asshole and then bounced to do like the Today Show or something fucking crazy like that. So an absolute whirlwind uh, after uh, my little KFC Radio State of the Union. Let's get into it. The High Noon El Prez Pack is here featuring my top four High Noon Vodka Celta flavors. These flavors include passion fruit, pineapple, pear, an all-new flavor, tangerine, all made with real vodka, real juice. This 12-pack is only here for a limited time, so get it while you can. Just look for the pack with my face on it. You can even scan the QR code in the pack and have me virtually join your party. Visit HighNoonSpirits.com to find the El Prez pack nearest you. What's up? Not much. How's it going? Good. Um, uh, are we starting? Did we start? Yeah, we're starting. Oh, we've already started? Great jacket. Yeah, we go, we got, we go right in. Thank you. I can sharp. check it off. <laughs> what is... um? Is, we're rolling? Yeah, we're rolling. Are those Fuck your it, cameras? Yeah. Why yeah. do your cameras look like dicks? <laughs> what kind of dicks are uh, yeah, you seeing? Are, the, are these ring cameras? Like, what is happening? I, I what often... What kind of dick looks like is that? Is that a webcam? What kind of fucking operation are you running? <laughs> I think these are nice cameras. Why does Portnoy spend more money on pizza than your production? <laughs> what kind of fucking cameras do you have? Fucking real ones? Like big old like sitcom yeah, cameras? Yeah, is that a Samsung? Like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> By the way, you guys really have stepped it up last time i was here at the women's bathroom had like a tire in it and like motor oil and like ky jelly or some shit like and now you guys got lotions yeah. oh really that. did you did the girl did the women revolt what happened i was gonna say we don't have this in the men's room. i know we have Look a fucking this. we have a mess in the men's room is what we have there's i toilet got toilet paper everywhere what goes on there's you're all a mess everywhere there's hair and shit yeah why are you all um dressed uh why do you all look like shit <laughs> everyone in this office everyone's wearing a hoodie you all look like uncircumcised dicks you look like a circumcised one you see a lot of dick no when a dick sees me you, it recoils to that shape <laughs> oh are these mario thingies uh, Mario yeah. Brothers shoes? Well, they're not Mario Brothers. They're, um, they're you say Mario yeah. too. It's very insufferable. But you're yeah. never gonna get married, though. <laughs> so why are you wearing these? Um, because they're you know the hottest in the game right now. How much attention do you need, guys? <laughs> All of it. As much as says, I do. Says the girl who runs in here, pulls her tits out, starts talking about dicks. I didn't pull my tits out. Well, no, but you have been in the strip club, apparently. So I have been in the strip. You've club. You've been on a strip club mm-hmm. kick, girl. A tour. Um, yeah. What d- did you have a plan for this? No, this like, is the you, plan. This is what why we do. are you so, sweating? It's hot in here, and I'm wearing a sweat. I'm wearing a so fucking hoodie. What is the wardrobe of this? It's a, it's just officially you hoodies. all look Everyone like yeah. you're dressed like Elian Gonzalez. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it's a throwback reference for old people, but goddamn, was it funny? Did you just call me an yes. old person? Yeah, no, we're we're washed up and old. I, <laughs> you probably like that. Cool them down. It does. Yeah, I was yeah. Say, What's if up every with the WD forty? Our chairs are so old; they squeak, they squeak so much. So like, somebody sent us a whole. Is, fucking... Who's trying to make what? Who's trying to make this business happen? Uh, <laughs> it's not, it's we'll not be cutting well, this. Well, guess what? We'll it be cutting today. This. Why? Who's who's venture is this it's literally ours <laughs> i don't know how's it doing it's 10 percent it, alcohol it's, by volume it costs two dollars it's in <laughs> uh it's in walmart it's uh, um, uh is is the face of your company bill cosby <laughs> yeah two dollar this is why is it delicious. red oh no well, this uh, is sex the worst the beach, so. sex on the beach you yeah. mean a uti <laughs> yeah, take a sip. have Give you ever a had sex on the beach like i have not no have you? Uh, I don't think I have. No. no, I've had sex in parks before, but never on How a beach. How many parks? Multiple. It Multiple was where I, on the park, like on the swings and stuff like that. It was. It was. I was in a relationship that I was hiding from my friends, and she was living with her parents, so we just had nowhere to have sex. So you hid it from adults. your friends, but not all the children that play in the park. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were doing it at midnight, one a.m. It wasn't on a swing. It was. We we did mostly the swings the, that are like you have to put your legs in them. Mostly the one you have to spin. The spinner one. That's that, a tire. That had the best. Oh. No, it has like it has like handles on it. That had the best surface area. So okay. that was where we went. Was the this most. in prison at the prison yard? <laughs> oh, oh, what, when was this? This was I was. It, it was I had a summer place in Newport. Ah, and, uh, Newport days. I was like eighteen. Give this us a review. This is actually very good. <laughs> Pirate water. So go why get is it, now. it doing better? Because it, I think it's, it's, it's not it on sale. Today. <laughs> it's it's for coming out today. It's the first day you is can get it. Is that true? Yes. <laughs> three three p.m. today right. goes on sale. Okay. So okay. So sorry. As someone that has um sorry built an empire, <laughs> why would you hide it? Well, because here behind this, someone with these titties. Because it was the. It's been there the last couple weeks because it hasn't fully little, dropped little yet. Now we're gonna put it out here like this. There's the one shit. right here. <laughs> oh, what's that flavor? That we is have. This your, is this sex your the, whiskey? Yes, we have whiskey for the high end drinker. We have your whistle pir- pig. Yeah. How do I know about whistle pig? Because it's the best fucking whiskey in the world. Do you want some? In the world, you even <laughs> in, you even kind of fucking didn't believe that when you said no. That. It, it is one of the best whiskeys in the world. Whistle pig genuinely like like yeah. by by whiskey drinkers. When they, we it, when um, they came al- to us, alcoholics wanted, agree. Yes. When they came yeah. to us, it was like. Okay, yeah. It's, it's like Nike wanting to be like... I'm wanna... getting two pigs this week. Do you want me to do a they have campaign? Two pig- you would love to go to their um, farm. They have two pigs on their farm, uh, Mortimer and Mauve, that are like... They, they're they like... Where's the farm? Vermont. Vermont. Okay, that's where they make Whistle Pig? Yes. Well, and should I just like... try this one? Yeah. I have to do the Drew Barrymore show in an hour. Can I get, just get <laughs> shit-faced, please? Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, by do, the way, when you do... do my, I am actually... Official? The fact do that I'm... One. This is our official starting show. The fact that I'm excited to do this, like, I was looking forward to this. I had to do the Today Show. Today uh, show sucks. Kelly and Ryan. <laughs> dude, but it's also like there's no, no news is it. over, so yeah. it's just like, you're just, cups. they, they make you. Cups? Why are you, who drinks out of cups? What kind of pussy are you? Drink out of the <laughs> bottle right, like a girl. fucking man. This is our official I live in whiskey. LA. We do fentanyl for <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> Dude, everyone. No, you don't have to get the cups. That dude, might everyone in LA is. These are the cups. I got them right here. D cups, baby. Also, um, do you know that in LA, everyone is on drugs? Like 
Everyone is on drugs. But they're all like they're all like sober too, though, right? Isn't it like it's like I'm California sober. I think the weekend says he's sober light. Yeah, you gotta stop dating influencer models. That's that's just your bad choices. I don't talk to people that talk like that. But um, I uh, uh, it's um, micro. Okay, it's microdosing mushrooms all day. Right? Uh, I was gonna say, aren't you one of them? Aren't you on ketamine? No, I'm not on ketamine. I thought you micro- microdosed I ketamine. I microdosed ketamine during the pandemic for, uh, uh, it was not ketamine. I've never done straight ketamine. Well, I, I, when you do uh. surgery, I think you do. I've never done straight ketamine okay. or street ketamine. I think they're like synonymous. No, I did ketamine, oxytocin, nasal spray, microdosed it with a doctor. <laughs> Thank uh, you very much. Okay, doctor. That's, that's how rich people do drugs. Doctor. That, I guess, doctor. By the way, doctor. My dealer is well, a it doctor. Was, it was Dr. Dre. Um, <laughs> and, uh, for depression, and it's like actually a miracle. I went off Prozac. Like I forgive everyone. Like I forgive the man that molested me. Like literally, I was like, I don't blame you. I was so cute. <laughs> what choice did you have? Like it's a miracle. But a lot. Are of Are you on it now? I'm no. I'm not. She on came it now. off it. Yeah. Good. What? No, you do it for like uh, twice in a month. Okay. Like the microdose, you like cool, inhale cool. it. Um, it was during the pandemic. Do it you wasn't... feel anything from it? See, that's it. like, I can't do microdosing because I need to feel my drugs. It makes you. Um, yeah, I want a full dose. Well, yeah. but it just makes you, I think, well, ketamine, if you're not microdosing it, you're like um, paralyzed. You're I mean, it's cable. like a. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's. But um, uh, I have two friends that. Uh, Neil Brennan talks about it, yeah. that he did the mm. drip therapy. You like, I've never done this. You go to a doctor and they. Inf- an infusion, ketamine infusion. Mm. Um, and then you sit there and then you. That sounds good. I remember him and talking about that. He does about that in three mics, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, I remember that and being like, holy shit. Yeah, that IV is drugs sounds intense. awesome. Are you worried? I mean, all these comedians like healing our wounds. I'm worried we're going to get less funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to get too healed. Yeah. I don't want to get too much. So, Ketamine, I want to save for like my mm. deal with drugs is I don't want to. I've never done cocaine. Me neither. Isn't that crazy? Really? Do you, like why? I just I'm too afraid I'll start a business. <laughs> like I already have two more. Like, nah, usually friend. when you wake up, you're like fucked out. I feel like I'll wake up and my lawyer will be like, "All right, we just spent the 200 grand to patent your idea, yeah. <laughs> you know, for the Sibian, the, the vegan Sibian or some shit." Like, um, <clears throat> so I've never done that. Uh, although I feel like that ship has sailed in LA. People, well, now everyone's on Adderall, and it's like you just put your cocaine in a pill. But I, I was told, but well, that's I. I was prescribed five milligrams of long. Extended, extended release, release. Adderall yeah. to sleep. <laughs> to really? Sleep? Yes, what because if mean? you actually have ADD, um, it calms you down. Interesting. You know, right, it actually right, like chills right, you out. So right. I'm taking uh, extended release Adderall, uh, five milligrams for like two months. Talk to uh, my psychiatrist. I'm like, I feel amazing. Like this is yeah. a game changer. Like, and he goes, um, it is a placebo dose. Uh, <laughs> five milligrams. And they <laughs> they d- they intentionally put. I was nothing. gonna say five and extended is like. But they intentionally made it a. Um, a uh, placebo dose because they knew kids would take it. Oh, really? Yeah. So I like so taking a sugar pill like changed my life. So I, I don't remember isn't that crazy. The human I, I, mind is fucking wild. When wild. I was in college and everyone was lying about having ADHD just to get Adderall. I yeah. thought it was it Ritalin for a minute. I was yeah, a little, what, Ritalin was like when I was in middle school, and then by the time I got to college, mid- was, where'd you grow up? Uh, Massachusetts. Okay, yeah. Um, what is it with you people? What do you mean? <laughs> in Massachusetts, everyone's on drugs. It's wild. Yeah, everyone's everyone's drugs. Drugs. yeah, yeah LA. Drugs everywhere. If you're I mean, an adult, you're on drugs. Everyone on drugs here. Everyone on weird? drugs in this room. Uh, <laughs> 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 well, are you? Yeah. What, no? Yeah. 
That's what someone on drugs. They're all still young. Them. They're not lying to ruin their well, careers. Why yeah. I just, well, by the way, I just went off birth control. I was on it for twenty years. I was on birth yeah, control. Yeah, that shit's gonna be. And I have so much more energy because sure. birth control is like it tells your body that you're pregnant. That's the reason you can't get pregnant, mm-hmm. right? Ah. Um, yeah. So I like can't keep weight on. It's weird. Dude, we never knew that. Yo, We've like it, tried I, to. I was. How did I you think, think birth so, control worked? I thought there was something. In, and this is true. This is like, I thought there was like... I, you know what? I know it's true because I feel like you don't lie. Like, to a fault. Oh, yeah, no, he'll tell you like the you dumbest sh- shit he's ever said. You should lie more. Yeah, yes, yes. I think everyone should be honest, like, accept you. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. What, Thank what, you very what much. What do you think was going on in there? I thought there was some kind of, like, oh. hormone <laughs> it released in your uterus. That basically, and I think because I saw this on a Family Guy episode, oh, it basically guy. turned. <laughs> you know, that's where everyone gets their it was their like reproductive shooting, knowledge. <laughs> it was like it was shooting the semen, family planning guy, like, like like someone just like shooting the, the eggs. Like, yeah, it was like it was like pew pew pew, and it was just it was like a first. Also, that's not what guns sound like. Well, in in the Family Guy, that what you say when you come? Do you go pew pew pew? like when you come at a girl's face. It's um, it's Star Wars, the laser guns. It's awful that I even think of that because I can't watch Star Wars. Because that pew pew sounds so bad, but it is the most accurate sound for my penis. Bang bang! Can I ask you two questions? Sure. Uh, number one, what is? Why would you say you're from Massachusetts? Uh, That's like a sketchy thing to say. I'm from Fall River. It's a smaller town. That yeah, yeah. Be, you know it. Okay, yeah, I do. I worked with uh, Dickie Egan, writer. I yeah, used to work with his. Friend yeah, I know Dickie well. You well, do not, not well, but I know the Egan family. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> that was weird. Yeah. 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 Okay, that's wild. Okay. Um. Uh. I am looking to buy a house. Uh. Up there somewhere. And then sorry. Where? Who cares? Um. <laughs> are you dating someone or no? Uh. No. What's going on out there? What's going on? What's going on out there? What's going on up mm-hmm. where in Westport? Where you're moving? No, we're dating. We're dating. dating. <laughs> what are you doing? Hinge? Oh, in the oh, I don't know. I don't do any of that. John stuff. is the most uh, like like. Why are you drinking Pedialyte? Uh, I, I couldn't over. find the water, so I just grabbed this. There's one right in front of you. I know, but I like the taste of this too. I brought this earlier. The, that water came in later. Okay. Um, and what's going on in the dating drink, world? Oh, I, I want to taste this. This, this yes. one is what? What drink flavor that. is this? This is uh, peach Bahama Mama. Bahama Mama. Okay. So take that. Baby Mama. Okay. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Tastes like delicious sunscreen. Delicious. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Remember Hawaiian Tropic? Yeah. I love this one. Okay, now but try the whiskey. Second. This is 10%. Yeah. This whole thing. Yeah, I guess you fucked up. And it's like $2. No, that's not bad. I mean, that's like you could do three or four of these over... There's some. There's we also think some they sort might of be little magical numbers because we were like sipping it for like promos, and we got like halfway through, and we were both like, "I'm kind of fucked up." He right gets now. the job done. Yeah, that's because all you drink is Pedialyte. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, no, no, that, that's mine. That's oh, yours. sorry. Hold on. Thanks for Can I hold on? Cheers. So whiskey, I'm I'm trash. I'm a white trash uh, person. What do we? Oh, I, do how do you fucking, do it? Just drink it. But just, you smell it first. I mean, yeah, you, can, you can swirl it. Either. You drink it off uh, my butthole. We're yeah. allowed to just drink it straight. Yeah, you're gonna do the whole thing or sip? No, I'm gonna sip it. Okay, so you, you can do whatever you want, but I'm going to sip it. Okay. If I make a face, it doesn't mean it's bad. It just means I'm, I'm it kind means of... It it's whiskey. I'm, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Hmm. My eyes just water. That is... Sexual. <laughs> Whoa, that is makes is it. Uh, so we d- we went off to the farm, which is awesome. Oh my and god! And I like don't a- want to text any exes. <laughs> oh my god! We, we, t- we tasted like a bunch of their different styles. They have like mm. they have legitimate like um, chemical like uh, chemists who like do all the you know. Uh, 
Alchemy? Yeah. Uh, Magic? The, the wizardry? The distillery and all that shit. Yeah. And so we tasted all these different ones. We're like, we like this. We don't like that. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, no, I did. They put it into a, a bottle for our 10-year anniversary. This is sick. Yeah. Aged six years. Yep. Okay. So there's six, 10, 12, 15, like, and it gets better and better. Mm-hmm. But they're like... They're very legit. So when do you drink whiskey? Like, what does it do for you? Like, what is the... Um... It's a, I feel like it's a very good after after work, end of day I, drink. That is it's a wine. Do you guys work? Not really. You know what? Work? You know what? <laughs> but what As what? someone who is probably... You, you are the exception because you, like, work like a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. But at a time where Why you were a comic... Why is that weird? In our business, people are like you're like a workaholic. I'm like, well, you work a lot. Work a lot. I know, but, but most, I'm saying, but but the most amount of people, people who this, say that. By the to way, us, I work half as hard as most Americans. <laughs> oh, oh, that's for do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a but landscaper also, works but, but, a million but, but times the, harder than me. The notion that you have it's a landscaper. Not- just like any landscaper, not, okay. not mine, any, any landscaper. landscaper at all. No, 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 Anyone no, no. Doing, Actually, like, landscapers labor. do absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> the only work they do is send invoices for shit. I'm like, we water no, the plants, like, that's it like rains. That's like your L.A. fucking fancy. Yeah. I, I worked it, landscaping yeah, one summer. I did Landscapers are criminal con artists. For rich people. Mm. But I feel like if you're like a... if you're. But like I'm a, from like Virginia. I, I'm always yeah. like, yeah, no, that sage doesn't cost two... Th- like, yeah, it's so funny when people try to con me in L.A. And I always have to say to them, I'm like... Why are you treating me like an LA retard? Well, it's, same, it's like uh, mechanics, vets. That's and, hard. And but that's vets, stuff. here's but the thing saying, about vets. Those people can. They I've can, dated a vet. They can con you for anything because it's like, I don't know how much these things cost. But or, vets, or, they are in debt $450,000 right. till they're like 60. Yeah, right. that's crazy. And you know so that like, vets have a one in six um, rate of contemplating suicide. Because most people can't afford the vet care. Yeah. So it's like you get into the business to save animals' lives, but no and one can afford it. Yeah. It, so yeah, it's like That's kind of how they have you buy the balls, too. Like, it's $5,000 to save this dog's life. Like, God damn. I don't like, want it to die. Yeah. 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 Jesus. I mean, it, it ate five edible. It took my drugs, so. Yeah. <laughs> but what's going on out there? I'm curious. What's the, What are the big red flags in women? What are women doing wrong? Ah, that's a great question. It's a great I, I question. don't. I don't really. You know have that my whole deal answers? is you. Women should never ask women for dating advice about men, yeah, and men should yeah. never ask men about dating advice with women. So totally. I like to ask I, men. I. I, I uh, that's a great rule, by the way, because I think girls. I'm each smart. Other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I there don't know. Are... I, mean, I, I. I think that we're gonna look back on the dating app era as one that was like a disaster for humankind. I think it's crazy. How, hold on. For who? For you. the people who are uh, going on like seven dates a week. Yeah, I like, think, oh, like right now. That kind of shit is wild. But I think me. we are going to look back at the uh, just women talking to a guy at a bar and then getting in his yeah, vehicle. You're right. You're yeah. right. That, that, I love, that's some, every documentary we watch on that. Too. It was wild. I think we, that's like dangerous. You would meet like a stranger. Yeah. And like fuck them. Yeah. Like right so away. Like, when people like dating apps or so, you just look at a picture and like, it's like, well, it used to be worse. You walk into a bar and be like, ugly, Pick ugly, hot. Hey, yeah. can Drink. I? And then like, like I'd, get be, I'd get in your car. Fuck. Yeah. No, no. That, that was psycho. That I think was more dangerous. That was crazy. Like that's before you even had 12 drinks. But don't you think guys love that that 
you know, they don't have to spend money on a date before they are, you know what I'm saying? No, because I think, I think that's something that happens a lot. I think right now they're, not by a lot, I don't know the exact number, but I saw yeah, a, no shit. a TikTok number of like girls doing the 28 days, 28 days and 28 days challenge. What's that? And it's like for Valentine's Day and just going on a date every single every night. Every single day. They, they don't, they, there are girls Which who don't what, pay for dinner. They're like, I just go on dates. It's, call, it's called the unemployment challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it really is though. It's like girls who don't have money or don't want to spend money and they're like, I want to go to fancy restaurants and I don't want to pay for dinner. So rather, I'll just go on a date this guy gets a guy to pay for me and then like blow him off or whatever. That's interesting. Where are you on? Um, uh, I think we have an opposite. I think that we should always split the bill until you're together for like exclusive and then he can start. Like, I just think it's crazy. I still always pay. I still always pay. Yeah. I, I, I don't appreciate, really care about that. I, I appreciate a wallet reads yeah, a fake once like, in a while. I'll, you know, yeah. I, that doesn't bother. Yeah. I think most guys are like, we'll pay. I don't think that's. But a big do you deal. ever? Uh, I, I don't know. I just. I think <laughs> that I just never want to feel. I don't know, guilty or I want to be able, down I want to, be able to order girl. whatever I want. Yeah, I don't. Like I, I, order, I, I have never I looked at a girl. To go, dude. Yeah. I, like, I gotta pay. I'm like, I need like a T-bone for my dogs. Like I've never I think, been like at a date and been like, oh, she's ordering the lobster, or like, I can't believe I have to pay for this. Like, it's just, yeah. I don't know. It's just. By the way, guys are really by... into paying now that all women have eating disorders and only order like <laughs> salads. They're like, I got it. Eight dollars, I got it. I got it. One smoothie, I got it. I remember I was watching Veep the other day, and Jonah Ryan says to like, he's going on a bunch of dates, and he. He says everything at the start of the date. You get an appetizer or dessert, not both. And I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> I'm sure there are some guys I'm like that. I guarantee there are guys like that. I just feel like sure. in New York, like, I don't know. I just feel like the most fun date restaurants, like, kind of aren't in New York. I feel like it's a Maggiano's. It's a Cheesecake Factory. It's like a... I don't know. All Those these... are the fun spots? Well, I'm just saying, all these restaurants in New York, you're just like in between two yeah. other people on bad it's dates. It's all status shit, and it's all well, like Well, it's just kind of like, I can't hear you, yeah. and there's Oh, that's the worst one. And also, like, Yo, there are that's... people right there. It's like, that, then, I can't but, hear like, you, but they can hear me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. by the way, but then, dude, like, you sit down at this tiny table, and the menu is like this. <laughs> yeah. Thing, and you're just like, this. it's just like embarrassing. Yeah. What's this? this have, have I, um, can I tell you a date idea that I did one time? And it worked gangbusters, but I wonder if you like it or hate you it. Gang banger. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Um, I was talking to a girl, and I was like, "I was like, let's go on a date." And she was said, a, "Talking means texting, though, right?" No, no, no. no like, I, literally, I literally, literally went to a party to meet her so my friend could introduce us. Okay. Um, and uh, this was a little so a few years st- ago. Right? This is yeah, that doesn't happen anymore. That's like, called stalking, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the first thing we did in New York, and um, she's. I was like, "Let's go on a date sometime," and she's like, "What do you want to do?" And I said. What would be your nightmare date? And she said, "Ugh, a museum." And I said, "Let's go to a museum." Then. Okay, that is such a red flag. <laughs> Why? Oh, a red flag that she wants to go to a museum, or that, that I she asked doesn't. That it would be a... her nightmare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah What's your true. nightmare date? Yeah, right. A probably, library. Yeah. <laughs> you are the most uncultured swine in the world. Why, but, hey, you, why do guys want to date retards? I don't understand. <laughs> she did work in the fashion industry. I will say that. <laughs> but I think it was. A, By the way, so, why does fashion have museums? You know, when it's like. Gucci, like as uh, people are like, there's a Tom Ford exhibit at MoMA. It's like, what? Yeah. What? How <laughs> elitist is this city? Yeah. No one wants to go see a bunch of clothes they can't afford. Yeah, but the, the, Tom Fo- the, 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 Tom, <laughs> the Tom Ford Museum. I think that's called Neiman Marcus. Yeah. <laughs> it's called a store. Yeah, exactly. Store. No, but his his idea was like, give me your what you hate the most, and I'm gonna make it fun. 
because what museum? Like, you should have gone to like. Air we went and space. to uh, no, that's in DC. Um, the you should have uh, gone to, the you gone to do Black History, dude. Black <laughs> History, <laughs> Holocaust <Yeah>. Museum, <laughs> final offer. I've done Museum of Sex, but I, I I've. What's I the museum of sex like? Is it cool? No, it's, it's like a shit. store. It's like it's a it's not a museum. And I, like, we, we went through. I went to it with Asa Akira, and no one there noticed her. Nice. And I was like, this is like walking through. Also, my show, um, the accused, uh, on Fox, March seventh. That's awesome. Thank that you. Show, That's that, very that show is... You went with Asa Akira. That's who you went on the date with. And no, no she, she was. She worked for us, and we we, we went together. Okay. Um, and no one noticed her there, and I was like. I was like, if no one's noticing Asa Akira, then they're all posers. They don't yeah, really you're care not, about you're sex. not really a museum of sex. Okay. You know? Well, I don't think people know her face as well. If she was if, naked, if, they'd probably recognize her. If Wade Boggs was walking through the MLB Who's museum, Wade Boggs? Yeah, you're not going to get The baseball, reference. they'd recognize him. It's like Ball Skaggs? It's like if you walked through a comedy club Ball with Skaggs. fucking Whitney Ball Cummings and they didn't know who you were. I mean, it happens. <laughs> I look different every couple no, months. No, we fucking get out of here. Very experimental with the lasers in LA. Some of them are not perfected yet. Um, and then, uh, so what happened with this um, uh, er- er- erudite lady? Um, it went very well. And then we never really talked again. But you did. She went to the museum and like she went to the museum time, and like right? we had fun. I think there's something then, to being like I can make your worst nightmare, like your worst place. I'll say this: fun. She, like, that shows how one of the she most said something on the date that I was like, no. She, I don't know if I even said this to you, where she was like, I keep a blog of my ex boyfriends oh, and just nightmare stories. And Hold I was, on, for, I was no, like, no, I do that on no. podcast, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not interested in doing yeah. it with you. Hold <laughs> on, but it's also like I keep <laughs> a blog. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a uh, this person's that's illiterate. A yeah. <laughs> this person is. A, bo- a blog of she, my ex-boyfriend's? Like, my, not, my a last... ju- not a diary? <laughs> nope, a blog. She's like, my last relationship fell apart because my boyfriend hated that I kept writing about him. And I was like, I, I, was like, I, do, I do exactly That's why that. why fell apart. Yeah. But I can see it being pretty frustrating. Yeah. But why? So was she just so beautiful that it didn't matter? Um, no, once I heard that, I was pretty much out. So right. we finished the date. Um, did some kissing. I do think but, guys now, or girls too, everyone, our bar is a little more high for the cerebral part because like after being in a pandemic for two years, it's like, if this, are you worth, could I be like, stuck in a studio yeah, apartment yeah. with you for yeah, two right. years? The judgment <laughs> level is a bit high. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you're hot, but right. can you play Scrabble and <laughs> like, you know, do your Kegels? That, that is, uh, I mean... I, I I remember my uh, divorce lawyer telling me that marriages are for breakfast and dinner and not lunch, and that during the pandemic, having to be together that entire you day. You just blew through that as if it made sense. It, uh, make, it makes perfect sense. I'm sorry. If, if you, if marriage is for breakfast and, and dinner, dinner. And not lunch. Because in the norm, when the world was normal, you see each other in the morning, you go, you go to work, Got it. you come home, and that's like the right amount of time. Yes. And a lot of marriages did not make it through the pandemic, and it's because – of lunchtime. I think it's really like, important. Like my whole thing with relationships is like I can't just hang out with you. I'm just going to – All the time, yeah. I can't get smarter if I'm not being around people that right. – You know what I'm saying? I have yeah, to yeah. go through other experiences yeah, to I'm talk about gonna it. I'm just going to get dumber yeah. if I just, you know, <laughs> right, right. do this. Right, right. The amount of like just when you get in a relationship and it's just the relationship and that's it and that's all you do. I'm bummed like, that I didn't think to um, invite you to L.A. for the roasts. I'm bringing the roast I'm back and doing them on too. OnlyFans. Yeah. yeah. OnlyFans TV. We just did, did the Bert, right? We did the roast of Burt Kreischer and then the roast of me – which Reddit motherfuckers are going to love. <laughs> um, and so, uh, yeah, they are April 1st, April Fool's Day. Is the are you, you're going to have you on OnlyFans. Are 
you like heavy on OnlyFans? Are you like invested in it, um, or you just think it's a good platform? To I be just a part think of? like literally doing comedy right now is just like it's not, it's not hard. We can say anything. Right. It's not yeah. that we. I'm can't very happy when you say that. I hate that. Like, yeah, well, you can't say anything more. No, you can't. Right. You can't right, make right. rape jokes. No, you can't make rape jokes if, if you're, you're a rapist. Right. <laughs> Everyone else can because right, right. that means it's a joke. Yeah. Right. You can't do it if it's true. You know. Right. So um. So yeah, none of that is true. I think actually like all this like cancel culture shit. It's making comedy better than ever, you yeah, know, yeah. because it's like, you know, there's eggshells on the ground again. There's tension again. You know, mm. three years ago, you couldn't shock anyone. The right. whole point of Everybody comedy heard is, everything. Yeah, yeah, it was like, you know, Trump was president and he was like, you know, sure. you could read like vitriol constantly, yeah. you know, it was like so hard to shock anyone. You know, there's a P tape in like the main news, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, right. so it was just like uh, comedians were just like, ah, oh, Jesus, how do I get How do I? Yeah, yeah so we sense. had to actually, and then, you know, people like Sebastian started being, you know, uh, someone people, because it was actually shocking to be clean. Yeah. Had to put, we had to kind yeah. of go the other way. So my last special on Netflix, like I kind of like didn't talk about sex a lot because it was, you know, kind of like Stormy Daniels. Like we're looking yeah. at her pussy on CNN <laughs> or whatever. And so opposed to the pussies on CNN. Um, <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> I'm just saying, just like fire all of these. Like fi- yeah. like they all. Well, I love when uh, the like the text messages from everybody at Fox News leaked the other day. It was like Tucker Carlson and Hannity, and they all were like, "Can you believe that our audience is like this fucking stupid?" <laughs> and and there's text on the other side, like these people are performers; they're all just fucking, you know what I mean? Like yeah. they, they don't believe anything they're saying. I just and- am like Anderson Cooper. Like I'm sure he's very good at journalism, but like no one cares that he's like a Vanderbilt. Oh, I right, disagree. Right. But you know, he, you disagree that he's a Vanderbilt. No, 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 no. I agree. I, he whenever comes he's, from Bill. A, he's a billionaire. Yeah. Whenever he comes up, I'm like Vanderbilt. I just love saying that. But I'm just saying, like, can a, someone with a billion dollars really be the voice of the people? Yeah. I don't There's know. No, Maybe I'm no, wrong. But nobody. But the only way to do journalism uh, is to be rich already because it doesn't pay anything. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. There's no way you can ever be like the voice of the people and have people know you and pay attention to you and see you and read your stuff. You yeah, know it's I mean? like when I went... By the time you get there, you're making millions of dollars or you've been through the industry, so you're corrupted. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I also, like, like, you know, went to... Um, when I went to L.A. to, like, make it, I was like, how are all these people... Ma-? You know, I was doing focus groups for money. I was, do- you know, selling. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean Lennon, love you, um, uh, was a good friend of mine from acting class, John Lennon's son, mm-hmm. and he would hang out at my house and um, I would pray that he would leave clothes because then he would leave like a Duran Duran like one of a kind vintage t-shirt and okay. I would go sell, sell it, it. Buffalo <laughs> no way I would go sell it and he'd be like Buffalo Exchange he'd be like yeah Buffalo Exchange yeah Jackie tried to bring us there recently and just failed miserably there's a great Buffalo Exchange in Brooklyn when we went looking on oh, like Rodeo yeah, Drive yeah, yeah, okay yeah. you are on drugs <laughs> <laughs> not Rodeo whatever street you took us to yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. there were no uh, stores there uh, the, we, yeah, we, Jackie tried to take us shopping in LA and took us to like uh, like the Gap to do us to the Grove no. <laughs> like, but she tried to yeah, take us to, to, to the Where, Jackie please speak <laughs> what was it what's the, what's the main shopping one in um, LA it starts with an M Melrose Melrose but it wasn't there, Melrose. It wasn't. There were was no stores street, on the street, Jackie. Bu- there were. It was, there was That's Buffalo literally Street, like me saying, <laughs> what's the Square. main <sighs> worse? It's like um, there's no equivalent. I mean, <laughs> the only, the Melrose only... is literally last time I was there, I was truly attacked by a meth zombie homeless man <laughs> yeah. in cut off shorts barefoot. I mean, like, there are cute parts of Melrose. No, there's not. <laughs> it was a miss. It was a miss. You're on drugs. <laughs> I mean, there's like an Urban Outfitters. <laughs> there was also yeah. a uh, cat coffee company. 
that I can't yeah. imagine is doing well. It was just it was like it was it was all over the place. All my friends went to this. That feels like a YouTuber's venture. It was like a cafe, and it was it was like the cat cafe. Why did you come to El? Crumbs and whiskers. I don't remember that. Oh. Why do you guys not call me when you come and ask what to do? We did. You were I would in New tell York, you where remember? to go. Yeah, oh, yeah. We were in LA. You were in New York. When we were out there, you were here. We went we but, oh, so you can't be like, where should we go? I'd be like, a I feel too intimidated to text people like you. I would never text you. I'd be like, she's that gonna, is pathetic. I'd be like, she's gonna, she's gonna delete my number if I text her. You would have no, I wouldn't. <laughs> no. What are you Whitney, talking about? Whitney is cool like that. I would respond. Whitney, Whitney Look, respond I only have four. Whitney called me. I only have fourteen hundred text messages. Yeah. No, no, Whitney. I did call you yeah, one time. Like, yeah, like you're you're on purpose. You're, you're a real one. On yeah. purpose. What was it about? It was just like we were trying to schedule things, and you were like, let's just fucking. Can talk we please it out. talk on the phone? Why? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. why are people making me read all these fucking text messages? Talk to him. How do you feel about voice notes? I feel like you send like you know talking about Bert Kreischer, April. Uh, first OnlyFans, say again? When you, uh, like, uh, a voice text, you know what I mean? So it's not like a phone call, but it's like... I'm a big voice texter, but I know that it makes people feel... I'm sure the audience the loves that. The future. In their ears. The future. No, I, um, I appreciate it because um, it's like having a phone call without someone yes. talking back. Yes. But I, I think you can't go over a minute. Yes, I've totally. Uh, even like ten seconds. Yes, because a lot <laughs> of people are like, quick. um, um. Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. is this recording? Um, right, right. The worst is when <laughs> I feel like most voice memos start with, "Oh, my voice member just deleted." Um, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yes, so pissed yes. that the good one deleted. Yeah. Like, I gotta do it again. They're like, yeah. they think they lost like some gold. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But also, the problem with voice memos is that I think the default is it says voice memo saved. Yes. you it, That scares me when it's like they save it. Well, because it's like David yeah. Spade and I will be going back and forth and then on uh, voice memo and it'll say saved. I'm like, right. that needs to be The default voice should be memo. off and then you have to turn it on if you want to save it. As a matter of fact, you should, shouldn't be able to save it. Who um, wants to even save those things? Do you guys have a plan for the rest of this interview? What is up with your strip club face? Talk oh, to me about gosh. Because um, I feel like you've been in multiple spots over the last like yeah, yeah. I always uh, I like to go to strip. Club. I mean, Crazy Girls is one of my favorite places in LA. It was so. Like, it's not a. Fa- it's like it's, you've, you've been doing this for a long time. Or yeah, okay. I mean, comedians and sex workers were the same. Same. Love sex workers. You know what I mean? They are. They're just like they have out of every group of people we we talk to, they are always the nicest, the funniest, the most down to earth. Like, yeah. Great people. Yeah, I mean, it's just like you know, in, in comedy, and they must love you. They do. Like a good-looking woman with money who comes in and has fun is yeah. probably a well, stripper. Because to me, dream. it's also I like going to. I mean, I'm just going to say it. Like no one is ever going to figure out reparations in this country. And when you go to strip clubs with black women, you're just like, here's Here a thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. There's no way I can. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like for me, it's like the most fun thing in the world to do right. because it's just like I don't deserve the money I have. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Y'all work way harder than me. You know. For sure, for and sure. also just like to be able to. Um, Celebrated, and I think I think that also I love going to strip clubs because I think it makes the strippers feel good that women are there too. Yeah, right, Do you know totally. what I'm saying? I, the, the most fun I've ever had at strip clubs is when, when I go with, with the girls. girls. When yeah. you go with girls, yeah. The, girl, the strippers have more fun. The yes. girls are having fun. It's yes. not like a leery like. Yeah. Weird, Although like, a fucking... stripper did sexually assault one of my friends once, where she just John, a stripper sexually assaulted you many a time. But... Yeah. <laughs> How does that work? What with me or the well, she put, a, she put a she put uh, a high heel up his ass. Up your ass? Yes, yeah. we were we were in Amsterdam with Bert. That really feels like you had to participate strongly. I I was, it changed, so to be quite fair. Well, it was she sprung upon him. She didn't really get that deep in there, but it you know, was you can, like you can consent to certain things and not yeah, others. Yeah, I consented to getting spanked with my belt, and then she took some liberties with while my pants were down. 
She was like, Dream Liberty. Yeah. And, then, and then also while your mouth My pants were like, like, my bare butt was out. But do you, were you doing, do, are guys into being spanked? No, but it was like it was someone, it was like, we, it was like seven or eight of us in Amsterdam and like everyone had to participate in some part of it. Mm-hmm. So, and no, in a perfect world, I don't love being Can spanked, but I knew. In a perfect world, that's a good name for a strip club, actually. Um, <laughs> what is your, uh, what is your take? I feel like guys are really into eye contact all of a sudden. It used to be uh, okay. So this was, these were the trends like, I have noticed. In, in what setting? In what scenario? sexually? It was oh. like ten years ago. It was we're choking. We're choking yeah. ya. We're choking ya. That one hasn't gone away. I feel like that's pretty much like built in now. No, mm-hmm. you motherfucker, you bitches, you don't even really choke. It's that's like, not true. Like no, that's and bullshit. You're like, Why? Don't that make me is, act. That is the biggest lie. I get paid a lot that of money is to the act. Biggest fucking lie. Like, because <laughs> I I see that. There was like one. You're gonna do it. Do th- it. Th- there was like one uh, TikTok or tweet or something that went viral where a girl was like, "You don't actually choke. You just squeeze the sides." And everybody said, "Wait, I'm no, confused. No, no, no. Just- Hold on. She's giving you a- what? Who? It was just like." A viral thing. Oh, wait, are you telling me a girl choke. on TikTok did something dumb? Right. <laughs> and everybody all, all of a sudden was like, yeah, this is how you choke. And it's like, no, you choke them. By the way, it's and not they want it to be. No, no, it's not. What is but it's a lot of people. people go, everybody. It's like, a lot of people. The, it's a lot of you people. You mean the idiots on TikTok? <laughs> oh, oh, yes, yeah. I'm saying uh, everybody mean, wants to be choked or, or choke. Like Why that everybody? Very... Just say some people. This is what gets you guys in trouble. Well, a lot of people, though. <laughs> How many? I don't know. Like, everyone Most I've had I've sex come with in the last decade. With. Yeah. And, and I'm the, <laughs> I'm the pussy choked? about yes. it. Where yeah, they're like, fuck, you choke me. I'm like, Jesus Christ, all right. Times, yeah. <laughs> do they say choke me? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Or they take my hand and they put it on me. They are the ones initiating it. By saying choke me. Yeah. Or like just or, having a bad personality. Or just yeah. grabbing it. They initiate it's it not by like being annoying. Yeah. If we're still living in that perfect world, we'd get off the choking But thing, then how but. do they initiate it? <laughs> like fucking, you know? Like really? Take my hand yes. and do it. Yeah. And also, by the way, I lose my balance every time yeah, I'm not because I'm not Yeah, because I'm That's actually really a good, because I think that if you're going to fall down, you have to go elbow and then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't think of that because yeah. that's like a. We're, we're easy. <laughs> but that's when you really choke. Because like, yeah. like, like, you're trying to. Hold, you really find out how I haven't you like, done a plank in a while, guys. You crushed your window while you went to it now. And then I. Well, I dated a doctor, like a veterinarian, and. Uh, I said, like, choke me once, and he went all clinical. He just went like, and I was like, oh, oh hold on. You, Vader you shit. know how to do this, like, for real. I will close your window. I meant just real. like a was, That was a karate master. I know. He just was like, I was like. Um, when and he then, finished, he gave me the, three, the three-fingered punch straight. And, <laughs> and then it went to spitting in the face. Yeah, yeah. a lot of that. That, that one we were early too. on, too. Yeah. But, yeah. but with no warning, no. Oh, no. I only do, I, I only do things when asked. I, uh, it's usually a... I think uh, it's yeah, women when love that. Or, or, or when, when you felt it out, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's sussed out where it's like... Usually someone just opens their mouth or someone says, open your yeah. mouth. I and like you have that. a feeling yeah, I like what's a, coming. I like you're, a, you're telling this and you go, ah, I'm spitting it. That's not... I mean that. And if you didn't want that, then don't do it. But then look at this. Because that's a fucking green light that's spinning like, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, uh, if there's a silent opening, I'm yeah, spitting a hole. Going in. That's, if yeah. there's a hole, it's getting spit in. That is a fact. Now, maybe it's because I have such bad ADD, but guys really like are into like looking in the eyes during now. sex. Yeah, during, it's like a lot yeah. of like look at me, and I'm just like, but I'm, te- I'm texting. Yeah. I, I used to do that during blowjobs. Yeah, but then when the, 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 the meat. 
meme. <laughs> the meme yeah, that you know went how viral. Hard it is? You know how hard it is to look up at a guy? Yeah. I feel like that you would get like fucking dizzy Sasha almost. fucking fierce or whatever her Sha- name was. Sasha Gray. She Sasha Gray. fucked it up for everyone because she has some dislocated ass neck and she would <laughs> like look in the eye. It's yeah. very difficult to do. Yeah. Also, I, it I also, think but now like contact is, is like stop. Like, oh, you look up and then it's hot. I get yeah, it. Yeah, don't worry yeah, right. me the whole time. But also you don't want us looking up like confrontational. You want us looking up like, oh, like yeah, I love yeah. this thing down my yeah, throat. Yeah, we have to have like tears. Yeah, your you makeup know? needs to be you smeared the whole time. Bored eyes, like <laughs> yeah. roll, rolling my eyes, <laughs> like full Liz Lemon. <laughs> <laughs> full Liz Lemon. <laughs> she is the best eye roll in the game. You're so <laughs> random. So, so mm. do you think you want uh, a serious relationship? Uh. Probably That's a some no. Point. <laughs> That's a hard no. John, John's always been like, I don't think I'm going to get married. I don't think. But I'm why kids. not? But and what's think, wrong? But okay. But I. It's think- not like I refuse to do it. It's just uh, there's no wives anymore. There's no wives anymore. I actually just read, not read an article. I've read a tweet. <laughs> uh, Andrew Schultz made lied. that point with me once, and I was like, I was like, why are you dating all these chicken heads? Da, 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 da. And he's like, there's no wives anymore. Show me a wife. And I was like. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I don't know. I think you'd have to go to Russia or... Well, yeah, I mean, the internet did a good job of making everybody into... No, those are not... Everybody? But, but that's, I mean, a lot of people. Are you the guy that makes that's up fake statistics? On. Like, 64% like, of people on, never have traveled to like, Italy. When you're really. on the internet and that's all you see, that's what you that's start to true. think is everybody. Well, because I dated not. an athlete. I dated a jet. No big deal. And um, Literally. <laughs> 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 Absolutely, girl. Oh, pirate water. I like it. It's all right. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. And uh, why, why? Oh, yeah. So, like, we were listening to something. I don't remember. Or something about, like, he's like, women being hoes or whatever it is. And I'm like, not all women are hoes. And why does this rapper only think women are hoes? And he's like, that's all they see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, that is such a good that's point. That's all their existence. But then. The, the person who listens to that music thinks that's, you know what I mean? It's like that's all they see, but you can see normal people, but you hear the rapper or the, the comic or whoever saying it, and you just start to believe all yeah. these things, you know? Who, which comics do you guys like right now? Um, who are we? Shane. Shane Gillis. Shane, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's who, who's, so who's funny. Like a... Have you seen Gillian Keys? His, um, oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So funny. <laughs> yeah, he's unbelievable. Um, thank God, thank God he didn't get SNL. <laughs> I remember when that happened, we said, like, this is one of the best things that's ever happened to you. And he was like, uh, no, it wasn't. He I was like, I'm in Lancaster, SNL. Pennsylvania. And I was tonight, like, I so get no, it. It's not. I totally get that, but now. Let me ask you a yeah, question. In the roast of Burt Kreischer, I... Uh, sort of like for me, I can't. I'm not going to go on and like you know do you know uh, Jim Norton's on it. Sure. Um, it's uh, Trevor Wallace hosts it, and it's like we had the best roast writers on the planet, the best roasters on the planet doing it. And like for me, I'm producing it, you know, and making it and directing it. So I was like, I can't just come in and like throw haymakers at, you know. It's just like so. I essentially tried to do my set as like a little bit of a state of the union in comedy, mm-hmm. um, sort of about you know in general. Like I don't even know how to promote this, you know. Like it used to be, we just go on like Letterman and Leno, and right, we'd be right, fine. Right. Now I have to go to like six guys' garage. Yeah. Like, they have to prank call my mom. I have to go. I, I have to go eat chicken wings. Yeah, you have to drink a bunch of drinks with some, with some guy named Sean. S E A. You doing hot ones? Like fuck you, dude. I didn't do hot ones like in the beginning, and now they're just like, oh, sorry, Viola yeah, Davis on. is on. Yeah. Yeah. Can we not have Viola Davis eating chicken wings? Today's LL Cool J. What when is black it? people yeah. are on there eating chicken wings? I'm just like Jesus fucking hell. You guys, and so 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got to go fight with Mark Maron. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah, for sure. It's you, not for, easy. For two hours, he's it's yelling at me. About, but if you're willing to do it, it's the best way of to, to get it to it. But yeah, it's a and lot. then I say that I have to go to Barstool Sports, where the main sport yeah. is trying to figure out where it even fucking airs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, is Dave Portnoy? You win. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck no, you. No, we come for every, you know, but then I uh, sort of do this, I don't know, this thing where I'm like, um, you know, I don't know if I should cut it or not. Uh, uh, I'm going to botch it and I'm not going to perform it because that'll be humiliating. You're but your, your whiskey bit. has made me confident. <laughs> um, and uh, oh, I say like, oh, I better be careful being a woman in comedy because so many people are getting canceled now. But the bar for getting canceled as a woman is so much lower. Like for a man to be canceled in Hollywood, like 12 interns have to complain about like the button under his desk. that <laughs> like shuts the door behind them. Yeah. And to be a woman in uh, comedy to canceled, you just have to like be a big fat grump. <laughs> Like, uh, like Ellen, uh, like how can how can yeah, someone... yeah Ellen was just like mean to some interns and she's gone. But also like how can someone be mean to you if you're not allowed to make eye contact with them? Yeah, like, how right, did you right. even know? Right, you know. But then I do like uh, Ellen was the first person. Like, she got me too. Like she was the per- first person to get canceled. Like just for her personality, yeah. <laughs> it's got to be bad when someone's like your personality is as bad as rape. I think <laughs> it's like I would rather be with Harvey Weinstein yeah. than just around you for five minutes. But also like. Meanwhile, Lauren Michaels is running the Samford prison experiment that we call SNL. <laughs> and he's a father figure. Like, what? Dude, like, Rosebud is in here the other day being like, I haven't gone home in months. Dude, by the way, he's still paying people $800 a week to live so in New true. York. The hours are 8 a.m. So to true. midnight every night. And then Saturday, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Like, just like fucking say it, Lauren. You hate moms. Just admit it. I think, I think Rosebud said she literally hadn't seen her husband. Been in like six, six months. months yeah. he, he had done something over in England. In, yeah, they were like, and like uh, they were kind of, Rosebud. Yeah. That's my answer. Rosebud. Also, is so like, ca- call it, just call the SNL what it is now. Uh, Pete Davidson's own personal love on the spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> but like, Lorne Michael, mm. that's a raw. Like, that's a scary. I don't want it to like turn into. You know what I mean? Something. Mm. I don't want it to seem like I'm coming for. I don't know. It's weird to think like. What I don't know. Lauren would get mad well, at you. That's over. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just way. So I kind of like come for. Oh yeah, and then like um, uh, what is it? I say like uh, people think that like Me Too affected comedy at all. Like no, nothing happened. Nothing yeah, it, it was like a whole bunch of hubbubaloo, and then it just went back. Yeah, to, like, like the what only thing is. that happened is like Aziz pretended to be humble for like two months. <laughs> And we all had to be like, oh, okay. Which is way more awkward than going on a date with him. I was just like, oh, God. I didn't even understand that. Do you know? Y'all are young. It was literally like he went on a date with a... a you like asked for a blowjob. You know, right? and, and she, I think she gave him two blowjobs and he ate her out. And then she was like... No, people were literally like, he, they went to a restaurant, they had some wine, they went back to his place. I was like, who is this, this Prince Charming? I was going to say, it was like, it's, a, it's called a date. A romantic <laughs> he has a place? Like, like, um, so yeah, I think I think what happened though was a lot of like Louis C.K. and Aziz, like all that happened like before Cosby. Right, the and real they, shit. And then Cosby happened, and everyone was like, uh... Wait a minute, that's yeah. not that bad. Oh, yeah. Renan Hirschberg, a brilliant comedian, uh, is on the road with me a lot, but is at the cellar all the time. He had um, the funniest joke. He's like, I think we all owe Pee Wee Herman an apology. <laughs> he, went, he went to a place he went to a that movie was designed theater, for it. wore a suit, yeah. jerked off alone in the back, like a gentleman. Who else did that? That is Someone, a great uh, point. 
Who plays fucking Phil Dunphy's father on Modern Family? Okay, we gotta go. They're telling me. We, we could do this for hours. You guys, I have to go. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. Go. Sorry. Um, I like this way of ending the interview, though. The accused, the accused on Fox. Yeah, you, you think I can stop this runaway train? Are you kidding me? You get uh, accused on Fox. Yes. I get Great uh, brutally sexually assaulted. Reddit, oh, guys, you will love it. <laughs> um, and then, uh, I the mean, OnlyFans roast. OnlyFans roast. Uh, I do have an OnlyFans page. Um, instead of dirty photos or dirty videos. Dirty video. Okay, this really, this mix. <laughs> Okay, one or the other I recommend. Nix is wild. Don't worry, Drew's going to be drunker than you. Uh, who's Drew? Barrymore. Where you're going next. Oh, right. <laughs> We're literally like bungee jumping. Go, I'm like, go, 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 um, go. Okay, uh, and then whatever. We'll I don't know. Go we'll, we'll Let's grab a picture real quick. Wait, I'm really taking this stuff from the bathroom. 